everyone and welcome in to the Irish NFL show with me, Colm Cronin, and delighted to be joined today by somebody who I know from higher ed circles, but I also know him from American football circles. He has played, coached, and been involved in the executive side of American football on this little green island. I know that he is currently the offensive coordinator with the UL Vikings. Liam Ryan, welcome to the Irish NFL show. Hi, Colin. Nice to be nice to be here. Uh, good to good to chat football with you as always. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I suppose I I've known you for uh, a good few years, Liam, and uh, in in your various uh, different capacities. I think I always say, and I was saying it to you just before we start recording. I think everyone on this side of the Atlantic has an origin story when it comes to American football or the NFL. What, what is your origin story? How did you get into the sport? Yeah, so I was kind of, I was always into into uh, basically all sports when I, when I was a kid. So played uh, played hurling, played rugby, played soccer. Um, basically, if I had a ball and 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 uh, and, and something going on, I'd, I'd get get stuck in and get involved. Um, I remember a friend of mine bought a Sega Mega Drive back mid mid nineties, uh, and there was a, a two disc cartridge. Um, there was NHL 95 and uh, John Madden football uh, on that and the lads all wanted to play the NHL game you could fight each other in it there was like a 5 on 5 kind of game or whatever and I was fascinated I, I remember Brett Favre and the Packers um, there was uh, you know the Elway was on there it was all kind of the old school old school teams I was obsessed with it fascinated by it, by the rules didn't really understand what was happening but but loved it um, couldn't get anyone to play with me, so I'd have to wait till everyone finished uh, playing the playing the Mega Drive, uh, and and sneak in and play it myself, and and eventually, I uh, got to understand it, the kind of structures of it, and I think from and this is this is a, a fairly foggy, foggy memory now, but like um, from that I I saw a, a highlight video of Barry Sanders basically running the ball. I kind of looked it up, or you know, we, we, there was some video that that was available, um, and I saw saw like. The, the kind of movement he had and and all that sort of stuff and I was just like someday I'm gonna I'm gonna try that out if I get a chance so I uh, came into Freshers Week in UL back in 2002 and I kind of had seen the guys around campus where they, they'd been playing the the season before it was a lot of American players actually and I kind of knew that there was an American football team but I uh, didn't really know what the situation was and um, most of them had finished or they were US students that had gone home essentially so. Uh, I went into the clubs and societies fair, signed signed up with my name. Was like, yes, I'll join the American football team. Uh, and I think I had a group of friends with me, and I kind of convinced them or coerced them into into it as well. And basically, little did I know that there was there was only two active members of the of the team at the time. So two Irish guys that weren't fourth years or weren't American guys that had gone home. Um, said that they'd set up a stand and see what see what happened if they signed up people enough to to keep the team going. Uh, they'd 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 you know, get get out and train. Um, and lucky enough, there was myself, uh, Kieran Cohen, who's a, a legend of the sport around the place, um, and a couple of others basically signed up on the day and then realised that the numbers were so low so we kind of dragged more friends down, but um, started off kind of at, at that stage and that's 21 years ago uh, and haven't looked back really since. In terms of Madden, it, 95, did it still have the kind of three windows when you were the quarterback in your tournament? Did it still have the three windows at the top of the screen to see who was open? Who was open, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, um, yeah, it was it was really, really basic. But I I, I have to say, like, the, 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 the Madden game definitely has a huge amount to answer for in terms of growth overseas. Um, you know, it was just something that I think it... it the, I think the the system even probably it came with that that game, and I know lots of people from from definitely from my age group anyway that um, that first fell in love with it playing Madden anyway, yeah, which is which is uh, which is good. Yeah, no, I I remember Madden on the the Mega Drive well, and and then uh, in terms of you you signed up, you dragged a few friends along. What like in terms of playing the the game, Liam, to go from playing it on Madden to actually uh, play playing it in real life? Talk to me a little bit about that and and what positions did did you play and stuff like that? Yeah, so um, as I said, we had we had two guys who played the sport before, uh, so Paddy Ryan and and uh, Adrian. I can't even think of his second name. So they they essentially were our coaches. They were kind of young lads still in college or whatever. 
uh, and they showed us kind of the the the, the general basics of, of what was involved. Um, we played a friendly game against Cork, the Cork Admirals, uh, kind of early on in 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 um in in our kind of time there. And I remember, uh, so I was playing QB. I was kind of like a cocky little uh, guy, you know. I think I had pink hair at the time. I wore white boots. I was like the 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 the, the stereotypical uh, quarterback for for the group, anyway. But we were in the in the the huddle. Uh, we we kept running the ball. We, we kind of get, get we're getting stopped by the Cork defense. And uh, I came up with this great idea. I was like, okay, I'm going to pretend I give you the ball. And I'm going to run with the ball over here. So, like we thought, we did invented the concept of play action. Uh, that's how little experience we had with the game, or how little coaching we had. So, uh, a lot of it was just kind of self-taught initially. Um, and then, you know, we, we we obviously kind of as we got more and more into it, uh, you know, I went off and did coaching courses. There was a couple of lads, uh, Glenn Carr and uh, Kieran O'Sullivan, obviously joined a little bit later on as well. So we did develop coaching structures afterwards but uh the first couple of years were fairly fairly wild and and uh and lawless in terms of um anything you wanted to try essentially you could do so i i started off um playing quarterback and uh free safety so back then we kind of got a numbers wise uh you basically would play both ways so i i played free safety in qb and i kind of kept that essentially most of my career essentially that that was kind of my mix uh if we had a a, a you know really good qb i'd obviously just play defense um, so there was a couple of years where I played QB and not safety or, or, or some years where I played both so um, they were quite complementary in terms of you, if you were if you were a good safety you kind of read a quarterback and if you, if you knew what the quarterback was trying to do it makes you better and obviously if, you, if you're playing QB understanding how the secondary works then um, benefits you as well so yeah uh, kind of a, a strange strange mix of stuff there um, but yeah enjoyable I mean it's, it's definitely been something that's uh, you know, obviously, the, I've I've done a lot for the Vikings over the years. But as someone said to me, you know, where where would the Vikings be without you? But I was like, where would I actually be without the Vikings as well? You know, you kind of it, it's made made so much so much of your life uh, much more enjoyable as well. Yeah, that's interesting. You're dead right in terms of the the free safety and the QB. I mean, I go back to, um, you know, Ed, Ed Reed in in particular, and like. That clip when uh, you know where Belichick comes alive, we're we're so used to Belichick at the podium <laughs> and him not, but that NFL 100 and he, he got so excited absolutely to live. Yeah, he got uh, so animated, like yeah, it was like that that play of like you know Reed. A uh, Reed knew that Belichick, like Reed knew that he would go to go to this side. Manning was going to take this check, showed him what he wanted to see, and then came back around like ah, oh. that like that sort of stuff. Like I absolutely love. That's what really attracted me to to football. Um, like I like I like the contact sports I like the athleticism of it but I'm actually like a big nerd I love strategy games I love you know kind of that, that tactics of stuff uh, and that stuff really really kind of um, someone spending time on film review knowing what someone's, somebody uh, reads or what their what their tactics are and actually leveraging that against them uh, is is that's the peak peak of safety play I mean Reed, Ed Reed is definitely one of my favorite players him Dawkins and Palomalu like it they're my, probably my top three. Um, but yeah, that that sort of stuff is is what it's all about. And I think being a QB or knowing a QBE or knowing an offensive system. So I've kind of always developed uh, playbooks and stuff like that. But knowing an offensive system and know what they're trying to do against you definitely uh, helped me as a free safety for sure and um, allowed you to kind of understand what the offense were trying to do against you. Um, we had a couple of, couple of games in, in shower bowls. We played against the double Rebels and we played them years and years and years. We kind of knew their systems. I could essentially draw up their offensive playbook and we would we would set up uh, defenses that look like, you know, cover two, cover two zone uh, and rotate into a cover three to, to kind of, you know, take away the seam and would get interceptions from that because we played a cer- certain system all the time and Andy Denny, being such a, a student of the game, would know we'd play in that system. So then when we came out of it, it was kind of a surprise for him as well. So... And um, I have some fun memories of doing that, doing that to Andy back the years. Uh, I'm sure uh, Vic Fangio would be would be smiling somewhere listening to to that, Liam. And I, I suppose I'm interested because, as you said, like you've played, you've coached, and you've been involved in the executive side of things. In terms of the game in in Ireland, um, and the growth of the game in Ireland, 
you've been involved for uh, for a, a good while now, I suppose, in the different positions. Can you give me your insights in, in what you've seen in terms of the growth and development of the game? Yeah, so, I mean, when I started 2002, um, that season there was five teams, I think, uh, including the Vikings, who were essentially a, a kind of a, a bunch of rookies trying to figure out what was happening. Um, and, you know, for, at that stage, you know, we were playing, I think, you know, we were playing a couple of pairs both ways, but if we wanted to switch uh, from offense to defense, we had, we'd obviously spoken to the refs and said, listen, we only have, uh, I think we had 15 sets of kit. We had to take our, our shoulder pads and helmets off, pass it over to the other guy and switch over. Uh, I remember my dad was uh, was out in UL watching the game. I think he, he recorded it, but he was saying like, it just, you know, the, the amateur level of, of what was happening in front of him. He was like, he could see this, the, the, the enjoyment and the athleticism of the guys on there, but from a kind of a, a spectacle, uh, it's not exactly the most engaging. Whereas if you look at the game that happened in, in Kingspan over the summer, like that was, you, you could market that to, 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 to an audience and, and, you know, the standard of play, the, the professionalism, the, the stadium, the, you know, all of that sort of stuff. It's just grown to a, a really professional level. Um, I, couple of the big drivers obviously have been the the games in Ireland so the the, the college games um a, a big trigger I remember was the, the the NFL games coming to London we saw like we would see guys that would come into into to training for for the Vikings anyway in particular would normally be kind of um guys who played soccer or played rugby or played GAA and were kind of at that 2021 level they age wise but weren't going to you know, play played a very high level or, or kind of played a, a semi-professional or, or county level. Uh, we're looking for something else to do and we're kind of come in and try out American football. We have maybe 60 or 100 guys the first night and they try it out. Of that, you might keep 10 for a season, you know, or, or less even for, depending on, on what would happen. So it was kind of a big group of lads that were like, I'm not really sure what that is, so I'm going to try it out. After the NFL London games, people were watching the NFL, people were kind of much more engaged with with the sports you know red zone um uh, uh, on a sunday evening it's on in bars now around ireland you know people are watching it at home it's it's much much more common so we're seeing guys coming in saying you know my favorite player is adrian peterson and i want to play running back or you know uh they understand the positions they understand the rules they understand the kind of the skill sets that are that are needed for different different positions and um that makes a huge difference because guys are coming in more of the guys that come into us now are interested in the sport and want to play it as opposed to okay I finished up playing rugby now I'm not going to get on a, a senior club team I'm going to try out American football and see what it's about you know it's a very kind of a, a random um, kind of it's it's a bit it's a bit speculative for, 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 for those players whereas the guys that are like watching it every week and are coming down and trying out uh, that's been the big the big difference for us um, obviously then the league in Ireland I think we're up to 25 teams um, last year was my first year coaching or playing outside of the, the top division and I was pleasantly surprised by the standard of play like in, in the lower divisions we watched the Division 2 Bowl um, we played a couple of cracking games against the, the Westmead Minotaurs um, the, the, the Vipers in, in uh, Donegal Derry uh, and, and the Crusaders as well so you know I, I was kind of impressed by the level of, of teams, you know, that from from the top division, obviously the the UCDs and the Rebels are obviously uh, doing really, really well. But the the kind of stability, the, the 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 squad size, the coaching level that all these kind of teams in the in the second or the division one now have as well means it's much more kind of sustainable and and you know it's it's definitely something that's it's on a much stronger footing, obviously, uh, uh, than it was uh, fifteen or twenty years ago. Yeah, and I mean, I think I can um, attest to an, an awful lot of, of what you're talking about there. I suppose the, the availability of um, our access to the to watch the the sport, I think, makes a, a, a big difference. Um, I, but you met, you mentioned, I suppose, the the proximity to London games and also to the college games. Um, but it's not only the, the college games because you've been involved in bringing teams to to play the the Vikings, right? Yeah, so we've had, uh, I think this stage we've had four four uh, NCAA teams that have come over and uh, and played the Vikings or, you know, been involved with, with games either um, with, with kind of an Irish Irish team or with the Vikings. So that, um, they're always special days. I mean, I'm, I'm still representing Centre College here. 
Uh, so we, we hosted Centre in UL last May, uh, and then I was lucky enough to actually go over and um, attend their training camp basically for a week and, and kind of did sh- shadow their coaching team. Um, but the you know the, the attendance in, in, in UL for that day was great. Uh, with the University of Wisconsin uh, in Eau Claire, came and played uh, in Gary Owen RFC probably 2014, 2015, um, and and more going back the years. But they're always kind of like you'll get you'll get a much bigger crowd to those events where you know people will come out and see a US college team. You know, usually there's I think Center came over with 110 players and and uh, and 10 coaches. Uh, it's a big spectacle. You know, it's something that's that's definitely really kind of a good way to to um to kind of showcase the sport in the best possible way uh you know it, it's just something that's that's it's interesting to people as well to see a see a college team like we we people from campus in in ul's you know asking questions about the the sport afterwards after seeing the 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 lads roaming around campus and stuff as well so it's it's definitely a good way um it's a good way to kind of grow the game the teams themselves for the ncaa guys they get extra kitted football sessions so um there's kind of a motivator for them, obviously, to to, to go overseas. They get a, a kitted spring training camp. Um, obviously, the kids themselves had a had a ball of the time. We brought them out to our hurling match afterwards in Kalara, uh, and and showed them the, the 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 division. I think it was junior junior hurling in in County Clare. They were delighted. Um, couple of couple of uh, mistakes around around how this the sport worked. So we did a kind of a an education session for them at the start. But um, one of, one of my favorite memories was uh was a, one of the Kalara players was, was standing up to to take a free. So like had the, I think it was a 65 maybe. And um, all the center guys were kind of lined up behind him and on, on the sideline. He, he kind of lines up the free, bends down, does a, a nice jab roll, sticks it over the bar. And like the, the kind of classic golf lineup, get into the hole, it comes ringing all around East Clare. And uh, the the obviously waved the white flag, but the boys the boys had a great time at at the game. So it's kind of a nice cultural exchange. But it wasn't all uh, it wasn't all one way traffic, you know. Yeah, I imagine uh, even junior hurling in Clare would be on a, a decent standard. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Glad, glad they got to experience that. And you mentioned that you went over for a week and got to shadow. In terms of like what you got to see and the differences to what we have here, what were the main things that stood out to you? Yes, yeah, so I was there. Um, so it's, a, it's an NCAA Division Three team in Kentucky, uh, and I was there during their kind of the summer training camp. So essentially, what they have, obviously, the the the, the guys playing um, have a full full kind of uh, course load of, of of academic work during semester, but they they do kind of a um, a training camp where they have a full time essentially uh, seven days a week training camp where they they go through their schemes and kind of build the build the foundation for the, for the team for the season going forward. Um, essentially, I mean, the schedule for, for, for the players and coaches is 7 a.m. start. You're into team breakfast. Um, first meeting is kind of at, at, at eight. You're on the pitch for nine, uh, till about 12. Uh, you, you come back out for lunch. You know, the players go into a, a kind of a, a recuperation session, uh, ice baths and, and pool and so on. They're straight back into into a video session, and after that, you know, looking at looking at the training session and, and reviewing kind of uh, what went right and what went wrong. Uh, they go into the gym for 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 kind of a session after that. They strength strength conditioning coaches then go back out onto the field after dinner or after lunch for kind of uh, unpadded walkthroughs. That's all taped. They then review that afterwards, and this is what was right. This is what was wrong. This is what we need to do next time. And then they have a meeting kind of at the end of the day around eight o'clock to say, this is the agenda for tomorrow. These are schemes we're installing. This is what we're, we're putting in place. So the, the the big thing that that I saw um, that we don't have, obviously, is is just time in terms of, you know, getting, I, I think we have maybe three hours a week with, with our guys to, to actually have everyone together and go, listen, this is what we want to do. This is what we want to uh, have in place. So to have, you know, 12 hours a day for three weeks in a row, you can get a lot of work done, <laughs> um, but obviously, then the, the coaches—it's it, quite—it's quite restricted in terms of what they can and can't do in terms of hours of, of work and amount of contacted sessions and, and and all that sort of stuff. So it's planned to a T. You know, they have a really kind of strong uh, organizational structures in place, and actually, that was one of the big things that I took away. I mean, you know, I got drills and got loads of stuff for on-field stuff, but actually, what we've done from the Vikings' perspective since I went over there was actually just being much more intentional about you know we have a very finite amount of time 
these are the priorities that we want to do make sure that we spend time on those priorities and and be be more kind of disciplined in terms of uh, changeovers you know using using kind of people's time as effectively as possible during training sessions so we have a kind of a, a coaches meeting with a, a shared google google document we'll make sure that that's all kind of put in place and it's done by kind of five minute blocks or 10 minute blocks um and just being kind of more more savvy about you know we don't obviously don't have the same amount of time as the NCAA guys, but let's use the systems that they use to get the most amount out of their time and apply that to what we're doing in, in, in the Vikings as well. So I, I, that's definitely been a big um, development point for, for us as a club in terms of how we're, how we're organized. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. It's it's about being a magpie, I suppose, and and borrowing where where you can. We've also seen over the past couple of years some um, Irish lads go over to to Germany and play semi pro over there. Has that helped the the game um, here as well? Yeah, um, it, it, there's kind of been a, um, a a couple of the Vikings guys. So uh, Kieran Cohn, actually, the guy who, who signed up the same day as me, uh, he played professionally with the with the Valencia Firebats. Um, in Spain for a couple of years, and and um, Jim Davis, who would have been, he actually came to us from the Chicago Slaughter, uh, played with us for a year, and then played with the Firebats as well. Ray Burke, who was our QB towards the towards the end of my playing career, uh, played professionally in the Austrian league. So there has been kind of a history of of guys, you know, going going and and uh, playing at the highest level in Europe, which is which is definitely you know really really kind of important for for for, for guys to go do. Probably one of my biggest regrets, I suppose, and, and um, I've I've had a had a couple of thoughts about that, and and you know, obviously to go to the US, the coach was was another option or or or, or plan of mine, uh, which didn't pan out, but definitely the 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 guys that go and do that, so the the likes of Mario Mara uh, playing playing GFL, I think Tommy Oweo is gone to the EFL, which is you know the the, the level again above, above that, um, uh, and there's there's um, Finn Kearns is an ex Viking as well playing playing over over in Germany. Um, what that does for, for, from, for me as a coach, uh, it's, it's, it kind of validates the pathway. So we, for example, we've got a couple of guys that are, um, you know, really, really high performance athletes in terms of the, the, the numbers that they, they put in the gym, you know, they're, they're very, very strong in terms of their, their athletic ability. They have, you know, really good kind of IQ around football and, and understand playbooks, understand systems, um, I don't know what their what their kind of end goal is after they graduate, but you can say, listen, I know of Finn, Matty, Tommy, uh, Kieran, all these guys that have gone and played professionally for a couple of years. You're not going to make, you know, your 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 Premiership football millions uh, doing it, but it gives them something tangible to say. Okay, I can I can be at least at that level. If I if I perform out of my mind and I'm I'm amazing, I can get to. You know, is 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 it beyond the realms of possibility that some of them some of them get to the NFL? I don't know in in the next few years anyway. But it having the guys that have gone there before and and like Samati and, and Finn, it means that they're not kind of going to the gym for no reason. They can kind of justify, okay, I can do an extra gym session or I can put in extra work on the field. That it's not just kind of just for the Vikings, but actually potentially this could be a career pathway for me as well. So. Um, that's definitely you know something that's been been uh, it's probably more important for the guys that are that are really bought in and and, and really kind of keyed into the game in Ireland. Um, but definitely, yeah, it's 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 promising to see. And I think um, the the guys that have gone over there have seemed to have done quite well, and feedback is quite positive as well. So hopefully, uh, that that continues to grow. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's it's part of the the trend of the, of the game growing globally. Because what you're seeing, obviously, is the NFL investing in more games internationally. We heard Roger Goodell talk about it during the commissioner's press conference in the lead up to the Super Bowl that he expects more games in Germany. We've been fortunate to talk to Henry Hudson. I think it's inevitable that you're going to see games in Madrid and Paris. The hope mm-hmm. is we may see a game in, in Dublin. I think we, we'd love to, to see that. But I think you're seeing the... like. Jordan Mailata playing with the Eagles in the Super Bowl. The fact there are a significant number of German players. Now, the fact even something simple like this year, we saw the flags on the back of helmets. Yeah. I think it, yeah. it, it was something that helped to highlight the, the number of, of international players that, that we have in in the in the, the NRL. And as hopefully that pathway continues, you got tight leaders setting up, leader kicking. 
you know, that I think the pathways are only going to increase uh, as time goes on. But for players, I suppose, playing, um, uh, uh, you know, in in Ireland, there is the opportunity to play internationally with with the Wolfhounds. And for listeners who aren't familiar with the Wolfhounds, Liam, can you tell us a little bit about um, the Wolfhounds? Yeah, so uh, the the Irish Wolfhounds, as they're called, so it's it's the Irish national team. Um, so basically, players from Republic of Ireland and Nor- Northern Ireland are are eligible to play. Um, it's basically a uh, a national national squad. So uh, head coach is Kieran O'Sullivan, who's a, a former UL Viking head coach. Um, basically, the the players are picked from the the the, the best players in in the Irish league. And also any eligible players that are playing overseas. So we have a handful of, of guys um, that are playing, as as we mentioned. Uh, majority of players would obviously be be currently uh, pulled from the from the 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 kind of the teams playing domestically here in Ireland. Um, the the over the over the summer last year, uh, we played our first ever fully fully competitive uh, fixture. So we've played a number of, of friendly series. Uh, played a couple of US college teams, which I was lucky enough to to be a part of. Uh, and we played, you know, a, a number of games over the last number of years. But the the uh, we played Team Spain basically in the European Championships over the summer. Um, it was actually a really good game, very entertaining. Uh, they didn't win win that game, unfortunately. Whoever would have won that would have gone on to play uh, in the next round of the European Championships. So Spain, I think, are playing. I'm actually not sure. Is it Germany? I think they're playing Germany or, or Turkey. Whoever wins that, so um, that's the that's the kind of the the, the situation. But it's it's kind of um. It's the same as as the the guys playing overseas. It's kind of like a see it, be it type type approach. Uh, from from the Vikings perspective, you know we have a couple of guys that are that are um, on the on the national team. So Rob Brown played against Spain, for example, and then we have a couple of guys that are in the the kind of the the the, the, the development pipeline. So there's an under twenties team um, where we have some of our younger players. So first and second years are getting exposure against best players in the league they're getting coached by the national team uh, coaches and um and then some of our our older guys are kind of in a, in a larger development squad uh, on the national team that's you know that's as uh what's the the outsiders book you have to do 10,000 10,000 hours of, of practice and it's best to do that against the kind of the, the best of the best um so all that does is make players better it gives them exposure to different schemes different coaching styles you know they're they're meeting kind of people with the same same interest and the same kind of um, passion level for, for American football in Ireland as well. So uh, I, I was lucky enough to, to play back in the day, uh, back when my, my legs worked properly. Um, and then I coached with the with the Irish Wolfhounds as well for, for a short while. So I was a def- defensive backs coach as well. So um, yeah, it's it's like anywhere. I mean, um, you know, you, the, the the kind of pride you had to to pull on the green jersey, no matter what it is, you hear the national anthem. It's it's um, definitely one of my, my proudest moments in my life anywhere for sure. And I, I suppose, uh, Liam, I'm just um, thinking the the new season is um, is almost a, a, upon us. And for people who are listening, who you know are, are thinking they're they're coming off the the, the back of a, a very exciting NFL season, and um, they might like to to get involved in terms of the the full contact side of things. When will the the new season kick off? And if people are interested in getting involved in that side of things, what is the best way for them to go and do that? Yes. Yeah, so um, our our first game basically is the the first week of the season. So I think it's the fifth. It's the first weekend of May or in March. Sorry. Uh, so I think it's the fifth of March is is uh, is the, the the season kickoff, and that's across all three divisions. So uh, the fully kitted league basically is organised into three divisions. There's a Shamrock Bowl division, which has uh, ten teams. Uh, spread all over the country there is division one which has seven teams again spread all over the country and the the division two has four teams this year um and they're you know uh, again geographically spread spread all over so there's a couple of weeks before the season starts so it's actually quite a good time um if you're if you're bored now on sundays where you would have uh, been sitting watching red zone from six o'clock uh this could be a nice distraction uh most teams train usually kind of once a week either on Sundays or, or, or midweek for, for some of the college teams um, and basically the, the best thing to do is to go to AmericanFootball.ie uh, check out what teams are nearby so there's loads of teams in Dublin there's loads of teams in Belfast uh, obviously a team in Limerick where I'm from there's a team at Cork um, team in, in, in Wexford team, teams in the Midlands uh, Donegal, Derry so 
fairly good geographical spread. Um, check out AmericanFootball.ie and see where your nearest team is. There's contact details on the website. Uh, you can reach out to them and just ask, you know, what uh, what days they train. Most teams have a have a, a fairly active Instagram uh, account. Just search them up uh, and send them a message. Can be can be a good way to do it as well. Um, normally, most teams will kind of have, you know, requirements of what you need. So uh, for us as as a college team, we have a kind of a, 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 a an amount of uh, kind of cl- I suppose. Uh, communal equipment so we have helmets and shoulder pads that you can use to try out the sport first you don't have to buy all the gear at the very start and most clubs will kind of have that option where you get to to you know uh, do a couple of weeks and, and try it out before you actually have to make the investment um, and then you pay registration to the to the league for uh, for insurance purposes before you play a game uh, and um, that's that's kind of the, the, the main requirements uh, it's definitely a good time to, to, to start the sport now um, so the season runs from March until uh until july uh and then we'll have we'll have the uh the welcome distraction of the navy notre dame game and a number of kind of high school high school games that are happening around uh around ireland or at the same time as well so our irish under 20s team are planning to play one of the u.s college or one, one of the u.s high school teams uh during that time as well which will be really exciting yeah um i know there there's lots happening and as you mentioned earlier in the interview i mean the the quality of the shamrock bowl last year was outstanding quality throughout the the season um i got along to a few um trinity games and also um i got a few ucd games and can test to the, the quality that was on show but it's not only the the contact side of things um because uh, uh, flag football has grown massively and look uh, one of the ads that went viral uh, during the the Super Bowl was the Diana Flores ad which was uh, quite quite amusing and Limerick is going to be host to the European Flag Football Championships can you tell us a little bit about that Liam? Yeah, so uh, I'm actually I'm a staff member in the University of Limerick, uh, where where the the Vikings are hosted, and um, the the conferencing team here in in UL uh, in partnership with American Football Ireland, put in a bid basically to host the European Flag Football Championships. Um, we've hosted a couple of big big tournaments similarly. Uh, so we had last summer we had the lacrosse uh, European Championships and the Ultimate Frisbee uh, World Championships. So we have kind of the facilities to host a big event like that. So we kind of speculatively put in a, a a bid to see to see what would happen and um, obviously it's it's a game that's that's really high profile it's, it's something that's going to grow the sport i think uh, over the next decade or so um and limerick is it's kind of a center for tag rugby uh so tag rugby is is similar to flag football obviously but uh uses rugby rules rather than rather than football rules so we have one of the biggest uh, tag rugby tournaments in the world actually are hosted is hosted in, in 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 limerick every year so there's kind of a bit of a history in terms of that that uh, type of sport based here, but we we put in a bid. Um, sorry, I say we put in a bid. AFI and uh, and UL Sport put in a bid, and we're successful. So uh, this coming August, we'll have uh, the national teams, basically of of all the European teams. Uh, we'll have a European tournament in um, in UL. It's going to be, and I think it's, it's well, it's definitely the biggest American football tournament hosted in in, in Ireland ever. Um, and it would be something that I think will will get you know national coverage, will get uh, international coverage throughout the throughout the kind of fo- American football fraternity um, in Europe as well. So I'll definitely put Irish American football on the map uh, internationally as well. And it'll be the first kind of big tournament that's that's been hosted here as well, and first of first of many, hopefully. But um, yeah, it's going to be a big boost for us. Uh, you know, it, it'll be it'll it make Amer- American football and flag football much more visible. Um, not just in Limerick, but also throughout throughout the rest of Ireland as well. Yeah, and Ireland have a have a team in both the the men's and the mixed uh, mixed tournament as well, which which will be fun. That's that's what I was going to say because it this it is a there's a men's and a women women's tournament. Um, and how how many how many teams roughly or how many people are expected to to attend? Do you know, Liam? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I know um I think there's twenty twenty national teams as far as I know uh, that 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 qualify. Um, and then obviously both they'll have a, a both a men's and a women's team, um, and you know each each team will obviously have around around twelve players. But for the lacrosse and the ultimate frisbee tournaments, there was you know the, obviously the teams, but they'd bring family, they bring friends, they'd bring spectators. Uh, there's a whole um, a kind of cohort of people that will be coming. As far as I know, they're broadcasted. Uh, you know there'll be a big social media presence uh, across uh, across the event as well. So it's definitely something. You know it's. Um, 
flag football is much more accessible, I suppose, than than the kitted football. Uh, you just kind of have a pair of boots and and a, and a flag vest uh, and, and our flag um, belt, uh, and away you go, essentially. And it's something that I think the NFL are, as as you said, are are much more um, kind of uh, aware that this is a, this is the way to kind of you know build build access and and build um, participation in the sport as well. So I'm seeing that this will be kind of a, a good way to. Uh, to, to kind of grow the the, the, the population of, of American football, you know, participants worldwide as well. For us, it's been fantastic. We, we've um, we've kind of started a flag team here, and historically we've been a, a, only a kitted team, um, and it's it's been all guys uh, for for years and years and years. So uh, since we started flag, we've had a, a much more kind of um, uh, much better gender balance mix uh, in terms of participation in the club, um, and it's just it's been you know it's been a really positive step for us in terms of. Just guys getting out and and um and playing it, you know, you can kind of play it in an hour and and it's you're not recovering for four days afterwards and trying to ice injured shoulders and stuff like that. It's just much more social and and uh, uh you know a much kind of lower threshold to actually get involved in it and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's definitely um it's it's a great way to to to, to kind of grow the sport. But the that tournament will be you know elite level athletes uh, performing at at a at a high level. So um that's not one for the come down and, and have a have a point while you're playing the sideline that's going to be sit in the sideline and, and enjoy the show basically is my plan <laughs> yeah no and, and i mean and i think that you're mentioning tag rugby there i mean i think the fact that the nfl brought in brett gosper the former head of world rugby and uh, somebody obviously well acquainted uh with with ireland with dublin and somebody who did a huge amount to grow that sport and you know tag has has done an awful lot uh to to help rugby grow um and to to open it up so that it, it, it isn't just the contact side of things it's open uh to to men and and to women um as i said it is going to be the uh, elite athletes that are on show in limerick in august but um for people who who do want to to get involved in um flag football on just a, an everyday basis is the Amer- uh, american football ireland website the, the place to go for that as well yeah, exactly. So uh, there's there's kind of a couple of different headings in there. So for the kitted teams, you can search uh, kitted football. Just click on the flag link, and um, there there's a number of different teams there. So there's actually more more flag teams than there is kitted teams, uh, and they're they're again geographically spread. Usually the flag season uh, runs from August until November, so slightly different timings. But teams will start to kind of uh, uh, ramp up their their training over the next month or two to kind of get get everyone. Uh, up to date with playbooks and fitness and and rules and all that sort of stuff. So definitely a good time to to reach out and um and start looking at flag as well. Uh, I actually I I broadcast both the the Shamrock Bowl and the the flag football tour, uh, uh, playoffs, and the flag games were just so entertaining. Like it's really kind of fun, just really fast paced uh, sports. It's something that just kind of has all the the the, the flashy stuff of of. Uh, you know, passing the ball and wide receivers going, you know, Randy Moss and people and stuff like that. So it's it's a really cool sport to play uh, and to watch. But yeah, definitely get involved. If, if you're very interested in American football, flag can be a good way to start off and just gauge your interest. In, and then if you want to try out the kiddage, you can go from there. So definitely uh, check up the flag football uh, section in AmericanFootball.ie. It's funny that we're talking about Limerick getting, and you mentioned, say, August and November because... The way in which the game has gone, particularly the the college teams, and when they bring them over, and, and we're going to have a great game in in Notre Dame versus Navy, um, but that takes place now in week zero in August. The sun is still shining. The very first Amer- a live American football game I saw was in Limerick. Um, it was Holy Cross versus Fordham, and it was in November of 1991. Back then, they used to bring the teams over in mid November. And um, a very different experience, I would have to say. No wonder they dig. It took so long for them to come back. Limerick in mid-November now is not uh, not the, the the picture postcard that you want to be uh, selling Ireland with. <laughs> no, no, but it didn't didn't put me off. And the teams, um, the teams did uh, did come back. Um, I, Lima, I suppose I, I'm interested to add somebody who has been involved, obviously in in the sport, and, and clearly is very passionate uh, about the the sport. And you mentioned some of the the free safeties that you know um, you you've kind of always admired, but in terms of like you know, I'm just interested in especially some uh, uh, somebody who's coached 
like what a, in you watching the 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 game this this year maybe like what what was it like um for for you because for for some people the feeling was that this was a year where the the splash play was got a little bit because the the too high shell had had come in and as somebody who you know was a, a DB's coach with, with the Wolfhounds, how did you find this NFL season? Yeah, I, I actually I, I loved the the strategy behind it. So uh, like one of the big, big things I looked at was um, how teams kind of scheme to stop Mahomes because you know that's that's kind of the 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 the, um, the 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 gold standard of offense at the moment. So the the the, the proliferation of the two eye safeties, you know, cover cover six defense where. They're they're kind of have um, quarter quarter halves essentially, uh, where they're taking away that that traditional deep crosser route, um, and just basically forcing forcing the QBs to 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 hit shorter stuff to check down to to play kind of the the yak uh, yak game. Um, what I liked about that was so the 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 big deep bomb over the top obviously looks fantastic and it's 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 spectacular, but there's there's kind of not that much tactics to it or there's not much nuance to it essentially you have to make sure you have enough pass protection and you have to make sure you have a guy who's really really fast essentially and and kind of there's there's bits and pieces of scheme around that but they're kind of the two building blocks whereas to 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 consistently hit underneath passes there's kind of more complexity um you know i i, I love uh dual track qbs i like the the fact that kind of you know lights of hurts um Josh Allen, Mahomes, even are are guys that put pressure on the defense not just with their arms, but actually they're it's it's eleven on eleven as opposed to you know if you're playing Brady or you're playing Manning, it's it's ten on eleven essentially. You have you have a static statue in the middle of the pocket, and you have a a, a, a spare person essentially who's your free safety that you can use as a as a as a chess piece where you want to. If you're playing against um you know one of the one of the kind of modern uh, era QBs. You have to really kind of give give one of your your eleven resources to making sure that 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 guy doesn't take off and 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 run down the field on you as well. So, um, I I thought it was I thought it was an interesting season. I, I really enjoyed the kind of the, the the some of the new offenses that are that are kind of coming in. Um, you know, guys completing short passes in to guys in space or people in a lot of lot more motion and stuff like that. Uh, to try and get people into kind of um uh into into space and, and and you know they're they're picking up yards after the catch the the chiefs arrow motion like where they came in uh and the the, the they had they had seen that the eagles essentially do a a zone rotation um and they go to a point where they trigger the zone rotation and then arrow back out and they score two touchdowns in in this in the super bowl just on something as simple as that but it's that takes more thought and more coaching than okay. We're going to throw a, a, a deep ball nine route over the top of this this uh, this this you know uh, cover one shell. Uh, so I, I I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was a great season. It was a great um, great display of kind of ingenuity to try and get get guys in in space as opposed to just you know um, blowing the top off a of defense by by uh, by a deep ball. But that's just me being a nerd. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean like, that's why I know it. It's fascinating. And I, I look. I think every, every one of the things I love about the game is the constant evolution and the fact that you know people will come up with a con- like a concept to try to contain Mahomes, but when Mahomes just you know beats that, but somebody has come up with a new way to try. And whether you can or not, I don't know. But what mm-hmm. one of the things that I saw the um that that I, I think um Dean Blandino mentioned that the NFL may look to outlaw. Um, the the tush push as they were calling oh, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those in terms of that that short yardage piece. Yeah, you w- would you be in favor of, of like it's it's incredibly uh, effective. And I suppose one of the things we have seen this year, I think, is is a little more of the rugby style coming. Right, we've seen mm-hmm. kind of rolling moors a little bit more. And yeah. I think was it the championship game we saw the Chiefs at one point. Mahomes threw it to Kelsey, and Kelsey tried to lateral. He went a bit too low. But we have seen bits and pieces. But your thoughts in terms of particularly well, all, all around if you want, but particularly. Should they really try to outlaw just because the Eagles were better? Or yeah, else? you're amazing at it. So my my logic on that is that there shouldn't be a play that's as high percentage of it. I I, I obviously listened to the Kelsey's Kelsey's podcast and they they 
they worked it out. I think it was ninety two percent effective over the season. If if there's if there's a play that's that effective, um, or at, from one yard out, then it it kind of it takes some of the jeopardy out of it. It takes some of the excitement out of it. If it's like the Eagles are lining up a, a QB sneak, if it's automatic, it's kind of boring. Like the the same logic that applied to why they moved the extra points back yardage should apply to this in terms of for the overall kind of excitement for the overall kind of uh, balance to the game and stuff like that like the fact that guys can come in and and push a player uh, I think that that like there's a safety piece where if a guy's head is down and has like two guys pushing him from behind for me as a coach it doesn't sit too well with me but um, from like from a spectator's point of view you never want something to be automatic it just kind of it removes the, the fun out of it so I, I do think that they're probably going to take realistically they're probably going to take the the guys being able to assist the runner from behind. Uh, I know in in NCAA rules or in in college rules you can't uh, you can't push a player from behind. So I, I'd assume they're probably going to go down that route. Um, I mean it was it was amazing to watch. Uh, I think I saw I saw a clip of Jalen Hurts. Uh, was it deadlifting? No, he was squatting six hundred pounds uh, in college. So like a guy like that probably doesn't need people pushing him. He's just he's just an animal. Uh, and having that, you know, someone someone who's able to who's that athletic and that strong, uh, that's somebody you draft and that's someone that you kind of you know you have a, a, an advantage. But I think they'll they'll probably remove the, the 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 ability for guys to kind of come in behind and, and drive through. It's going to be yeah, there'll be a little bit of of uh, of of giving out about it. But um, it, you know, I think the same logic applies to why they move the the extra points back and stuff. So I I'd be in favor of of a rule change if it makes the game more more interesting. And I think it will be be fascinating. I think hopefully any questions um, that anyone still had, I don't know why they would have, but if they did have around Hertz, have uh, completely disappeared given his performance in in the Super Bowl. Um, and, and maybe finally, then Liam, in terms of you know we we've talked about that the season is coming up. We have a great college game to to look forward to. What what are you know? I, look, I think we said it just before we started recording on a you know usually a time when you'd be sitting down to watch the the late games. Uh, yeah. Twenty twenty eight more Sundays for uh, anyone by the time this comes out. Um, what are some of the the pieces that maybe you are uh, really looking forward to over um, the the course of the rest of twenty twenty three? Yeah, so I mean, for, for for me, this these are kind of the, the two most boring weeks uh, of the year because there's no football. I have, I have football pretty much the rest of the year. Uh, so from from uh, from the middle of middle of March onwards, we get uh, we get our own domestic league, which is great. And uh, we try and keep up with you know, if, if I'm not coaching uh, a game, we try and kind of keep on top of what's happening elsewhere. So that's definitely um, one that I uh, I do enjoy. Uh, obviously, the the off season this year is going to be interesting. I think it's it's one of the ones that is probably the the biggest number of like high profile QBs uh, that I can remember so you know Rodgers Carr um, there's a fairly fairly long list uh, Lamar Jackson uh, you know there, there could be a huge number of, of, of big moves and the league could look very very different next year um, my my hot take is Lamar to Atlanta but I, I, I don't know how, how well that's going to work out uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing how that that pans uh, that's probably my my big interesting piece. I, I don't have enough time. I, I kind of chose early in my in my watching career to to either to to watch college football or or, or NFL, and um, so I I don't stay hugely on top of the college stuff in terms of the draft. So I kind of I look at mock drafts a week out and say, listen, this is this is what's going to happen. Um, so I kind of look at the draft after it happens. It goes, okay, how's this going to fit into into the team? Um, my one of my favorite things to watch actually is uh, hard knocks. Like I, I I'd I'd watch Hard Knocks and enjoy it as much as watching a game, just in terms of like, like Detroit last year was incredible. It was some, one of the most entertaining uh, programs I've seen in a long time. Like Aiden Hutchinson standing up in front of the team and doing uh, Billy Jean, you you could just tell like from that, and it's 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 weird, but like you could tell from the vibe in that room that the, the Lions are actually going to be a decent team this year, and they they missed out by was it one game uh, for the playoffs. So um, I I love I love that kind of that's like coaching at its in its like distilled essence of like um, you know getting guys into scheme and getting them up to up to speed and obviously then the stories around players making it or, or not making it are amazing but um, yeah uh, and then uh, 
hopefully I'm on I'm on two two pre-sale uh, lists for the Navy Notre Dame game. So that's that's my plan is to get to uh, uh, myself or the wife to get to that in in, uh, in in August as well. And then once that's finished, then it's week one for the NFL, and we're we're back back in business. Yeah, there no, there there really is like it, it has become that the league doesn't sleep. I think that Lamar piece, I I, I think you could be onto something. I mean, the, the, certainly the rumors over the last couple of days were that anyone interviewing for the OC role in Baltimore was told there is no guarantee they would like to have him back, but they're not just not sure how how it works out. And I, I mean, it's so tall. I I think Lamar is an amazing QB. I wonder if the fact that um, you know, the the Packers could have had three firsts for Aaron Rodgers when Denver made that initial offer and, and how I don't know. It it will be will be fascinating to to see how it plays out. Um, Liam, thank you for for taking the time to chat to me. For people who um want to find you out there in the social media world, where can they do that? Uh probably best thing is is Instagram. So Liam.ryan17, uh my old number. Uh, just on Instagram so yeah you can follow me there or or uh, just Liam Ryan UL on Twitter as well as is the other one Liam I appreciate you taking the time best of luck to the Vikings for the coming season and hopefully we'll see you in Dublin at the Aviva in August and I just wanted to say thanks to you Colin as well you've done uh, the guys in Irish NFL show you've done Trojan work over the last number of years I think that there's more eyes on the sport not just because of of uh of what's of the games and stuff like that. I think the the, the media coverage and, and the analysis and stuff like that, that you guys have been doing is top notch uh, and keep up the good work. Uh, I, I appreciate that. I, I mean, look, I I grew up loving the sport. The fact that I was eight when my my mom took me to to the Gaelic grounds to to watch that sport uh, from versus Holy Cross, I think tells you um, that the sport is something I love. So uh, no, I appreciate the, the kind words and I definitely intend to, to keep pushing forward. So listen, thanks again, Liam. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Cole.